0: You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported.
1: Hey Liam, how about a fourth Jaws film where this time, it's personal? What do you mean? The shark wants specific premeditated revenge on the Brody family and will swim to the Bahamas to get it. I have to
2: say that's a real stretch, but we can make it work. Great, also the shark budget is zero. I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies as suggested by you. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scotty C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver.
0: Uh, and today we are discussing uh, Jaws the Revenge. It's not even Jaws for the Revenge. It's just Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, they don't <laughs> want
2: to remind you how many times they're trying to get away with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, question: Is this the same shark that was blown up in the first movie?
1: I. It you know, seems to me that that's the implication.
0: Is this the son of the shark from the movie, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get revenge? Like,
2: <laughs> well, I don't know how many sharks they blew up in the second one or the third one. So, like, I, you know, my shark blown up lineage timeline is is really was really shoddy going into this one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've I have not seen uh either Jaws 2 or Jaws 3. Uh nor do I really intend to. <laughs> so.
0: No, I don't I don't think you need to in order to see this this movie. Yeah, this
2: one. You were you couldn't wait, Greg. You were like, "Yes, please. <laughs> yes, Give please. me some Jaws 4. <laughs> Skipping right to dessert." Huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, uh we were kind of touching on this before we started recording. Jaws 4 is famously bad. So famously bad. There are stand-up routines about Jaws the Revenge that we are familiar with from watching reruns of Just for Laughs. Yeah, there's there's I think there's more than a few. It was I can see how the premise is so
2: absurd that it would be sort of a verbal meme in the late eighties, early nineties when this came out. Like, do you hear what they tried to pull in the fourth Jaws movie? This premise, I tell you, it's the nineties <laughs> and this is our biggest problem. Uh, to like, be in, the I know area. this movie was nineteen eighty seven. I just like the, the stand up carried on into the yeah.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: What's it? <laughs> the absurdity of the premise really got big in the home video market. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. If the movie was sillier,
1: I can really buy into like the idea of like a shark tracking down a family <laughs> from one continent to the next. <laughs> I think that, uh, but it's it. I don't know. It, maybe this one takes itself a little bit too seriously and it's real boring. So there's not a lot of fun to be had with it either. It's just not. Yeah.
2: And famously like this, this, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. uh, I was just gonna say, I think I'm coming in as the biggest fan of this one out of the three of us, which is rare. (laughs) Um, I appreciated what they were trying to do. And from what I had read about the film, the production was hurried cheap and hurried. Oh, you can, and you don't say, you can tell, and I think all most of the biggest problems of this are to the fact that it just like you, if you rush people and don't give them enough resources, it's not going to look good. It's not going to be good. Uh, and it really did seem like the people involved were making the most with what they had and trying to earnestly make something that wasn't a laughable joke. They still kind of failed in that, but I I was endeared by the gumption of it. It's that um, not- and kind of had a good time.
0: It's that famous creative triangle of needs. You can have it fast, you can have it cheap, or you can have it uh, good, but you can't have all three. Exactly, right. and it's it's not
2: any f- part of the movie's fault that the people making it went cheap and good, or sorry, no. cheap and fast. Cheap and fast, because
0: okay. you can have two of the three, but you can't have yeah, all yeah.
2: three. Just mispo. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like, like, the, I mean, the, uh, certainly there are some movies where. Um, things have been phoned in, and people have been lazy. But I actually think that's qu- quite rare. I think whatever project creatives are working on, usually they're trying to trying to do their best with what they've got and what they're given. Um, I, I I guess I can see that you know they were trying. I mean, they they made a shark that looked bad, um, but uh, you know on a low budget. I think you know in in that era, pretty good for almost having no
0: money. Despite the um, the lackluster script, which I agree with Greg, is somewhat boring, um, and the fact that it's tonally maybe not appropriate for the film, how earnest they are, I actually think the performances are pretty good in this film. Mm. I don't think anybody's oh, yeah. really phoning it in. I think everybody does fine. Yeah, it's just troubled in that there just really
1: isn't a lot happening.
2: You
0: yeah. know?
1: By the third time they go into that little yellow submarine thing, I'm like, all right. <laughs> they're going to go down there the shark's going to come i
2: get it like <laughs> yeah and yeah it's it's like not a lot happens in the movie but it's it's paced in a way that's fairly engaging and i found the dialogue like really kind of like trying to be snappy
0: oh there's and a it's, legit it's, great it's, line partway through this movie that made me there's laugh there's a couple
2: just like it's 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 <laughs> just hurried even the sort of the clip of of nothing happening nothing happens real quickly
1: <laughs> yeah I feel like by the by the time you get to a fourth film, you know, you, you, jaws should basically be a slasher film, right? And like and we only get two uh, you know, two kills, sick, kills. and that's it, and that's all like, and that's all we get, and one of them's like in the cold open.
0: Greg is, as usual, just stepping <laughs> right all over my my fixes. Right well, in the, we haven't even gotten to I'm, the details I yet.
1: Well, I, I think you might have said something like that in the chat. I might have stole that subconsciously. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Um. Well, before I get to the details, I do just when we're talking about the jaws, the concept of jaws at large. I had pitch, pitch this to you guys. Um, I cannot think of a director. I know maybe one, maybe one other than Steven Spielberg, who has launched so many movies with a master or like franchises with a masterpiece movie that then got a billion terrible sequels. So Jaws and Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and we like we all racked our brains trying to think of a second one, and both Greg and I hit Paul uh, Ver Haven Verhoven Verhoven Escape, I don't know why that escaped me here. Uh, but yeah, he, Robocop and Starship Troopers. Uh, ain't no Spielberg, but those are maybe the only two guys. Everyone else, maybe one franchise to their name. But yeah, I wonder how I wonder how Spielberg feels about that. That he's just like, <laughs> twice now his shit's been running to the ground.
1: Well I, well, I guess, I mean, you gotta feel good about it. That I've, you know, you've made enough hits that people have wanted to duplicate what you've done, right? You know, it's its homage is the sincerest form of flattery and all that right i
2: i guess i even wonder about that like even guy you know directors who've launched one franchise like how does that feel to like make a movie and then the studio just like rings it dry (laughs) um like i'm I'm sure they all have differing feelings it's just yeah i I haven't i haven't come across that in any like director discourse i've
1: I've never had the experience of in my creative life of having my own creative thing get away from me, like being being so popular that something like someone else starts taking away. So, like, I wish I I wish I had that feeling, but I I wonder if it you know like even if you make the you know a, a franchise film like. I, i've noticed that most directors don't ever really feel satisfied and and you know george lucas may be one of the most famous examples of that where um you know he he made one one great movie and then decided that um all the pe peop- everyone was giving too much credit to the sequels that he did not direct and tried to direct his his own uh, trilogy all on his own and it did not work um <laughs> I see, but i feel like like you're no matter how popular something might get like you're you know, you know, as as a creative, you're always like you're as soon as you finish something and people immediately respond to it, good or bad and then the, you're kind of done with it. And then you start looking back on it and you're like, oh, I wish I could have done this thing differently or this better or whatever. Like, it, like it never it never ends. You're always mm-hmm. you always end up being you're only uh, as satisfied as your most recent creation.
2: You know, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. Uh, and of course, uh, the people created responsible for the creation of this movie, uh, were, uh, written by Michael DeGuzman, uh, directed by Joseph Sargent, uh, obviously based on Jaws. This, this flick in particular was released in 1987. Just like Robocop, just like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the cast, of course, uh, Lance Guest as the guy, uh, Lorraine Gary as his mom, Mario Van Peebles as his friend, and Michael Kane as himself. <laughs> um, but let's, uh, let's go to the trailer
0: instinctively man has always been drawn to the sea its beauty its mystery its secrets
2: but there is also a vague uncertainty a sense of intrusion into an alien world where man is unwelcome and completely at the mercy of the most terrifying predator on earth. Man's deepest fear has risen again. Jaws, The Revenge. This time, it's personal.
0: The town of Amity is so used to shark attacks that when Sean Brody is eaten by a great white, it really isn't that big of a deal. Even Sean's family seems to get over it pretty quick, with his mother Ellen packing up just days later to visit her non-dead son Michael in the Caribbean. While Ellen tries to get freaky with a sexy local pilot slash taxi driver slash life coach, her sharky scent starts tingling. She intuits the fish that gobbled up Sean has followed her to the Isle of Sun and Surf to get another taste of that delicious brody meat. Ellen must stop Michael from willfully putting himself in danger long enough to deal with their jagged, toothed nemesis. I was trying to give it like a thriller voice. (laughs) Yeah. I bought it in a, in a world. <laughs> no, I mean, it's scary. It's scarier than the movie. Yeah.
1: It's definitely not a scary movie, is it?
2: No. <laughs> yeah. It, there's, the tension is almost none. There's almost no tension in this movie. No. That, that, that That's actually maybe even my biggest gripe with it. Cause y- you guys keep saying it was boring and I, I did agree initially, but I found the characters kind of endearing and I found the dialogue snappy enough. It just felt like it, when the, when it's time for those, like it was all set up and no payoff, Um, but I didn't hate the setup. I just, there there was more good shark action.
0: Yeah. I mean, did anybody really believe that the little girl was going to get at by a shark?
2: I
1: was hoping. Uh, No, (laughs) it wasn't going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I, I, I guess because there hadn't been a whole lot of, uh, deaths by shark beforehand that you don't you don't really get a sense of like that this shark's gonna do in anyone. I, I thought one of the uh one of the folks on uh on Michael's um marine biology boat was mm-hmm. gonna get it at one point. Um all of those guys survive, which I mean, uh good for them. Uh but it certainly doesn't do anything for, for ramping up tension.
0: Yeah. For a killer shark movie there's surprisingly few shark kills.
2: Like I think it's like three total: the one at the beginning, and then the two people who die, so the kid doesn't have to get eaten. Yeah. Was there two there? Like, I thought there was just one. Oh, maybe as Oh, I think one guy got bit, and the other lady died. Well, uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. correct. And, and then then that, you, so it's two, two kills for this. Two, two
1: kills, yeah, and and like And, and like, and and like you a you think Mario Van Peebles it. gets it right. You think Mario oh. Mario Van Peebles gets it, but he, but uh, <laughs> fake out. He he lives. <laughs> well, they also my, do my, they my, do
0: a fake out with Michael Caine in the same scene. Yep
1: oh right like yeah no,
0: oh
2: nobody's done di- nobody dies right okay <laughs> my head ca- my head cannon is um the shark had to spit out mario van Peebles to make room for the boat <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure that makes sense he took one bite of mario van Peebles and was like this isn't a brody blah
2: <laughs>
1: isn't there also a line that s- that they said that he ate my my plane so i guess he ate a plane and a boat so he was probably full up
2: yeah. Yeah. This, this <laughs> shark eats a lot of vehicles. <laughs>
1: I, uh, what did you guys think of that sort of last minute, uh, plot device where the shark was, was it attracted to electromagnetic pulses of
2: some kind? Yeah. It would, it would have been fine if there was good
0: shark action on either side of it. And for that matter, if there had been maybe more setup for it, but. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think like I think it's an eighty-yard line where they're when they're exiting the plane, and they they say that they the plane has some sort of like electromagnetic properties, and the shark is attracted to it. And I was like, where did that come from?
2: I thought they so were they, they, the they were talking about in the, the, the in the base, like in the bottom of the ship as well, like they're in the down in the the cabin of the ship. Oh, were they? Yeah.
1: Well, I, yeah, because that's weird. Because while they were talking about that when they're building their 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 heart thing or whatever. Um, mm. Like, it didn't seem to me that they were talking about it being attracted to, to the metal at all. But maybe I'm, maybe I ju-
2: was just bored out of my skull and <laughs> didn't pick up on it. <laughs> I, I was like weirdly engaged with this movie. Like I did, it never really lost me. It was all, until the, I said that to the very end, Ray laughed out loud when Mario Van Peoples is back. Um, but yeah, it really, it, it just needed, Cool, exciting horror thriller things to happen. The the, the stuff around it was not un- terrible. It you know it was Michael Caine. It was smiling good actors.
1: Yeah, um, uh, Laureen Gray Gary is is pretty good. She turns in a pretty decent performance. Um, I like. I, I the only thing about it is like her her performance is. I guess it's confusing because the script <laughs> is so bad. Like, no like sense. when like her her son dies off the top of the the movie from a shark attack. Um, this is like Christmas Eve, and then they're flying to uh, the Bahamas. Uh, I think 3 days later or something like that and they're talking about having fun again and it's like man you just like buried your son like that's not <laughs> that's not where your headspace would be at
2: you're allowed to grieve yeah i yeah the timeline was fishy i the, the i was in my understanding is um it was new year's or christmas eve uh the first day out on the water cuz he's like you got me work until christmas eve or on christmas eve so I don't know. That doesn't really matter, but it's <laughs> the, the timeline is.
1: I, I think like whether whether it's timeline or not, it, it's not. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's the the problem is that the movie doesn't deal with it. Yeah, you, you know, like the 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 sun died, and and that's sort of the exciting incident. But then it's like, okay, forget that. Uh, we're gonna we're. We're our, we've moved on, and so of the characters, kind of thing. Um, which is really weird to like have, you know, a nice, familiar setup like that. That, you know, that's it's the driving force for Ellen Brody, and yet it feels like she gets forgotten about in the almost the entire second act.
0: Yeah. The second act really focuses on Other Son. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of has her off doing her thing in the background, and then like she's kind of back into the four in the third act and it's a little scattered. Like the movie can't yeah. decide who it wants the main character to be.
1: Well, it shouldn't be Ellen in my mind. Like it's oh, agreed, like, hundred yeah, percent. It's like, here she's the driving force. And yet we, we just kind of sit on the boat with her son, Michael, uh, for, for about 40 minutes. And it's not very exciting. And he doesn't really have like, he doesn't really, I guess he, does he have a character arc?
2: That's a question. Does Michael Brody have a character arc? (laughs) Do any of them. (laughs) Um, Like the movie. Yeah, the movie does. He does. Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry. The movie does confront him um, because he decides not to report the shark because uh, Mario Van Peebles wants to study it. And so he keeps it to himself until there's been danger and his daughter nearly gets eaten. And, uh, then there's the movie tries to confront him with that by having them like, why didn't you say anything about the shark? As though he knew the shark was going to specifically target them, and like, yeah. his mom wasn't crazy. <laughs> but they they try to confront him with that, but then that is dropped. Like there's no resolution to that. It's never no. talked about again. Like no. they kill the shark, and then everybody's happy. End of movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so no, his arc gets kind of aborted, and I feel like that might be in part because. And this I I know some of our listeners mentioned this too. Um there was a whole like explanation for what was going on that got carved out of the movie and it feels like there's parts of this movie missing. Like it yeah. feels like this this movie was cobbled together out of what was left of the story when a part of it was thrown out.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're referring to like a, a fairly significant uh supernatural uh, yeah.
0: plot element to it.
1: Where what is the what is it? It's a uh, it's like some a kind of voodoo, voodoo curse, curse yeah. that's
0: put on the shark or put on put on the Brodies the, as I recall. Put on the Brodies, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. <laughs> and I guess the studio decided that was too silly. Maybe I I honestly don't know the reason why it was cut out, but it feels like there's holes in this movie.
1: Well, it certainly makes believing that the shark swam from Amity to the Bahamas. A and, real,
0: a real stretch, and uh, and on that note, also knew where they were going. <laughs> yeah, and also, I also enjoyed that
1: um, Ellen seemed to have, as I said in the uh, in the plot summary, like a like a shark sense. Let's just like oh, <laughs> she
2: remembers old movies.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's a superpower. <laughs> she flashbacks to other movies. Which, by the way, that made the climax of this film like one of the most confusing uh, minutes of a movie I've ever experienced. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, okay, so here's what I think happened. I think that they got to the end of the movie and they were completely out of money. And I don't think they had any more left uh, to shoot a shark blowing up. So they decided to show the old shark getting blown up in a fl- in flashback form and like kind of like cut back and forth between that and what was going on on the boat in the climate and on, in this Jaws four movie. Uh, and I, it, it almost broke my brain as I was, as I was trying to understand <laughs> what it was that they are trying to go for, because like she, Ellen Brody seems to like, like there's not really a lot going on with her husband in this movie. Like she mentions him a couple times, but it's not like, it's not like he was a key force in the movie. And then for some reason, right at the climax, we see the climax of the original jaws happening right in
0: front of us. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, the shark attack scenes were also kind of confusing because of the, kind of frenetic editing that they were doing to disguise Mm -hmm. how cheap the shark was. So like a lot of the shark attacks just were just a bunch of confusing images. There was, there was no real, um, like, I hate to say it. There was no story to them. Like you can't Mm -hmm. follow the action of what's happening. It's just a confusing mess. And and what's
2: (laughs) what's interesting about that, Scott is like, that is true of the shark attack scenes. Um, and it's, I, I appreciate that that's what they tried to do. Like they're, you know, That's the best they could do. It's like, eh, just make it frenetic and no one will notice. But that's also they try to pull the same trick with what happens to multiple characters in the last scene that Greg was just talking about. Yep. And it's like, no, no, no. You might get away with that for shark bite, but you can't get away with that for five minutes of climax. Just being like, wait, is he alive? Who made a plane? What? like it's the same technique of just like hoping you don't like putting a bunch of frames up and hoping you don't notice that it makes no sense um yeah (laughs) and that's what endeared me so much like made me laugh i'm like yeah they thought they could get away with that at the end and like no one would know it's like it's it's over we already you've seen all the movie we have
0: for you fuck you yeah we have your money (laughs) you sat through it
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they might have done better had they had done this more like a, a like uh one of those asylum type movies where they're just getting a whole bunch of like nature footage of a great white shark and showing that instead of their, their terrible model.
0: Actually that probably like go to SeaWorld. <laughs> shoot some B roll of a yeah. shark. Yeah.
1: Pay pay your ticket, pay your twelve ninety five, 95 go up to the window, shoot right through the window. And that would have worked better. because at least it would have looked like the damn thing was swimming. oh that reminds me that like i I, i'm pretty sure that that shark had like kind of um teleportation power teleportation powers not just because he went from continent to continent because when brody or michael brody goes down into the water the deep water to try and escape the shark he runs into like a sunken ship and he's like he's like swimming through all these really tight corridors and stuff like that and like this shark is like way bigger than those corridors and he's following them no problem through all these things <laughs> so I assume that that like maybe that was part of the, the, the voodoo curse the, you know the shark didn't have a problem just kind of like squeezed through everything
2: yeah no I, that scene was I that was the okay I say it was fun because it was probably the scene with the most amount of genuine tension where it's like whoa he made it to that door just in time um, which again it's like a low bar uh, I'm really I don't know why I'm going to bat for this movie so hard, but um, it it that at least like I appreciated the the effort with that that scene because they do show a scene where the camera's looking straight up and you can see the shark swim over it so you get the imp- they they try to have you get the impression that the shark is like poking around like sniffing around on all the different sides. Um, it just doesn't show it very well cause it doesn't have the, the means to do it. But that's, I, that was the implication. Um, and then eventually it busts it and gets him on the ladder. I did chuckle to myself. He's, there's a, he's next to a ladder and the ladder breaks and I'm like, oh shit, how's he going to get up there? He's underwater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he invents a way of getting the bends real fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he escapes hey. just like he, I think he knocks the. He has an air tank and he knocks the top off of it and rides it all the way up. And I was like, I was like, man, that guy's blood is going to be boiling when he gets to the surface.
0: Yeah, but he didn't get eaten by a shark.
1: So, yeah. yeah, one might be better than the other. I'm not sure whether I'd want to get eaten by the
2: shark or have the bends because I, I hear the bends sucks real bad. <laughs> well i i think we've we've thoroughly picked apart this movie that was just trying its best you guys (laughs) Uh, we've we've thoroughly picked apart this this uh uh famously crummy movie um but this is not we're not here to criticize we're here to fix so uh let's go to hear from our friends at the alberta podcast network and when we come back we are going to fix jaws 4 make it worthy of the legacy uh of jaws the first one Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. I can speak from personal experience. My employer uh, provides us with a Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plan, and it's easy as heck to go in to the website, get my claims, find out when they're coming, get direct deposit. Uh, personal, personally can advocate. It's, it's easy as heck. Uh, I, I appreciate that my employers uh, use it. Would you believe I don't podcast professionally? <laughs> to, to learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Welcome back to I have some notes. Uh, Greg, explain to me how you plan to fix Jaws four.
1: Uh, okay. So stick with me on this because I mm-hmm. I think this might be kind of bold. I don't know. Maybe I'm overselling it. But okay. So the opening sequence uh, plays out largely the same. With Ellen and Sean having moments together before Sean goes uh, to work on the water on Christmas Eve, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sean's death, however, is like a little bit more ambiguous. Like it's a stormy night and the waters are choppy, and uh, we kind of get the jaws motif to, to, you know, sort of imply that you know that's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, but we never actually see the shark. Um, however, Sean does uh, drown in the all the stormy chaos. So then we cut mm-hmm. to two years later, and uh, his mom, Ellen, has closed herself off from her friends and family, and uh, refuses to go near the water. Uh, convinced her son is uh, is uh, was done in by a shark, right? Michael and Carla, meanwhile, uh, are living in the Caribbean or the Bahamas and uh, are expecting a baby. Um, so they they convince a reluctant Ellen to fly down uh, to the Bahamas so that she doesn't miss the birth of her grandchild, right? So that's the impetus to actually get her down there. Um, shortly after Ellen arrives, like, a tourist drow- drowns in the ocean. And, like, once again, Ellen's convinced that, the you know, a shark is struck again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in fact, we don't, like, as the audience, we actually see the tourists get attacked by a great white, Um, but no one believes Ellen. They think that, uh, you know, she's kind of losing her marbles a little bit. Um, especially when she slowly starts insisting that the shark is one and the same as the one in Amity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's good. Like, yeah, she's good. This, you know, and they know she's a grieving mother and stuff like that. So, um, so th- then an- another person drowns in the water. And despite Ellen's assistance, it's a shark that the local authorities tell her, you know, it's actually just an unusual, dangerous undertone this season that may be taking swimmers by surprise. Uh, so and Ellen ends up all alone and just, you know, convinced that she's right. And she ends up taking that schooner out into the sea to prove mm. that she's right. Um, and then she has what appears to be a battle with the Amity shark. Uh, and then, you know, in the course of the climax of this version of the film, she starts to realize that like, it isn't real and that she's been seeing illusions brought on by her grief the entire time. And it was in fact, like swimmers were just like drowning by coincidence. And then, you know, with her fear of the water kind of conquered. Now she, she ends up staying in the Bahamas and lives a long, happy life. So that's kind of like, yeah, my, <laughs> my fix is to like, for this to be uh, a Jaws movie and not a Jaws movie. <laughs> Your fix is that the shark
0: is her trauma. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like, I like it. I think it's an interesting play on it, but I think that moviegoers would be super disappointed in it.
2: That's why I say it's bold. I do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what I like about it is it does solve some of the problems with this one is that where it's just like, it's all, um, uh, tell no show. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's not interesting. So take everything it, you said, Greg, if we're, if I do love it, I'm for, frankly fine with the shark Drama. Um, but take everything you said, make that the first half of the movie, because the one thing I kind of like that this one tries to do is it's like, Mom, you're crazy. Mom, you're crazy. Oh, shit. Mom might not be crazy. Mom goes, I, I'm going to not be crazy anymore. And he goes, oh, God damn it. Now I got I got information that could actually my mom wasn't crazy. But if I tell her, then she goes back to being crazy. Uh So I like that kind of of. Just mit- slightly, mit- you know, information coming slightly too late, slightly yeah, too early. Yeah, yeah, And if you take what you have there and at some point maybe even like, fine, mom, I'll take you out in the schooner. Would that make you happy? <laughs> Would that be- and then the two of them are out there and they come back to shore being like, my mom's not crazy, guys. Um. And then we spend the last half of the movie fighting a shark.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think except that works too. Uh, except the shark that- is the shark from Amity from the first movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason it is the shark is because it is a supernatural stalker. Mm. <laughs> it is the Jason Voorhees of sharks. Cause my <laughs> fix is this is a slasher movie now. <laughs> and you, you build a tense, you built, you have a first act that builds up these likable characters we like. And then in the second act, they're all in danger and they start getting picked off by a shark who cannot be killed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He, it is an undead monster shark, and they need to figure out how to stop it. The way that you try to figure out how to stop Michael Myers, which is not effectively, and then you end it with a cliffhanger because the shark might not still be dead.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that I
1: think that that works too. It's just like I, I would definitely love to see a lot more violence in uh, in this movie. So my version doesn't have that. Mine is more of like a thinky PC, mm-hmm. but like yeah, I, I'm fine with it. You know. Stopping that halfway through and just being like, nope, now now it's wall to wall violence. <laughs> you know that would be fun too. Yeah,
0: I mean uh, they, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, my version of the movie does have a higher body count, but probably has a few more throwaway characters that are kind of surrounding Michael and Ellen who can get chomped on. Sure. Um, uh, and again,
2: I'm g- I'm going to bat for not losing that. Um, T- you know, mom's crazy. Maybe she isn't. I'm gonna stop. Sort of timeline, uh, and I think uh, it it works just fine as as the momentum to keep a merciless slashing machine going. Oh yeah,
0: I probably should. There's still some my mysterious deaths, <laughs> right? Because in <laughs> yeah. in in our collaborative version, there's still some mysterious deaths leading up to the the end of the first half. Yep, just like and, a slasher. Yep. but it's ambiguous. Could it be the shark? It couldn't possibly be the shark. The shark was killed. The shark was possibly killed two other times because this is the fourth movie. I don't know. That Uh, shark was killed and it swam to the Bahamas. Come on, guys. Yeah. No, (laughs) that's ridiculous. It couldn't possibly be the case. And then, oh, oh, this is the shark. This is the shark. And I shot it in the eye and it didn't stop. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. No, I think I think if you really want to lean into Jaws as like a thriller franchise, you establish it is Bruce the shark. It's back from the dead, and it's back for revenge. And you just (laughs) lean into it, and you make it into a supernatural Mm -hmm. slasher, except it's also a shark. (laughs) Yeah. And then because you've
1: made so much money making a really fun Jaws 4, you get to do Jaws 5, Jaws
0: in space. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Or Jaws goes to hell. Yeah. The final sharkening. (laughs) Like, absolutely. Just, But here's the thing. It's, it's ridiculous and it's dumb, I'll admit, but it's fun. Yeah. Right? True. And one of the problems with this movie is it's so joyless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just leaning into it being the, as I said, the Jason Voorhees of sharks, you're just leaning into the silly. And I think there's an audience for that. I think you yeah. can work with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you're, you're at the point in, your, in the franchise where you need to find a way of reinventing it because everyone understands the motions of jaws at that point. Right. It's yeah. like the, uh, it's like the fast and furious, you know, kind of uh progression, right. You get to, the, mm-hmm. they got to their fifth movie and they're like, okay, now it's like a, kind of like a, uh, now it's Mission 11, Impossible, now it's a spry thriller and all these kind of yeah. things. Right. So, well, it's, yeah.
0: it's like you said, just last episode with Ghostbusters afterlife, you appreciate a sequel that it, that gives you a reason for its existence. Mm-hmm. and, Part of that can't be just to tell the same story. Part of it has to be I'm doing something new. And I kind of agree with that. And like, yeah, supernatural, supernatural undead shark that
2: are just more sharks that I wasn't sure if that was going to be one of my fix. But in this context, I'm going to pitch it just like more than one shark. You just go wide. If you can't go big, you go wide. Um, uh, But that is not my actual my actual fix, Um, because I want to touch on what you said, Scott, about it being kind of joyless. Uh, one of the few moments of joy was uh, um, Mario Van Peebles' character. Yes, um, the general, the main character Hard had agree. his moments. <laughs> very, very cute scene with his kid, uh, and just by proxy of being in a scene with the uh, the very charismatic Mario Van Peebles. That first scene where the two of them are like on the job for the first day mm-hmm. was very endearing. The like the back and forth they had, the like friendly ribbing. I I bought it and I enjoyed that scene so much so. Uh, that my pitch is that the wife character actually doesn't do anything in this movie. Uh, so you cut her entirely. The little girl is the the first son who dies kid, and her and grandma go to the Bahamas with with uncle um uh to 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 get, take a load off, whatever get you know carry on. um and uh Mario van Peebles and the uh l- played by. The guy and his friend, uh, Lance Guest and Mario Van Peebles, or Michael Brody and Jake, uh, are, are a couple. Uh, I, I ship them. My fix is we ship them. They're a couple. <laughs> the dynamic on that boat was very flirty, and sure. I kind of just was like, the, and the wife doesn't do anything in this movie. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Cutter, they're a couple. Yeah,
0: and, then and by the all end of that the money movie. you save
2: not paying that actor that was played the wife, you put into the shark exploding budget. <laughs> you
0: know And that's fine because by the end of the movie, assuming that both, uh, Michael Brody and Jake survive, they adopt his niece. Yeah. They take yeah. her in like, Oh yeah. That works for you. Yeah. You get, you get a whole family coming back together and, and coming through the trauma of having to deal with a supernatural shark monster, mm-hmm. an objectively undeniably supernatural shark monster. <laughs>
2: More violent, gayer, supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Into <Big> it.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wonder if the same, like, if all of these fixes would probably also apply to Jaws 2 and Jaws 3. Just like, do, do more better and more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One day we're gonna get asked to do Jaws two or Jaws three, and we're gonna to have to go back, and then we're gonna be like, "Now, how can we fit this into our Jaws cinematic universe and make it work with our Jaws four oh, fix? With
2: um, brilliant. Uh, and speaking of brilliant, our listeners are brilliant. They're hitting us with comments and we're going to read them. If you want to get in on the action for the next episode, please follow us on social media at I have some notes on Twitter at I have some notes pod on Instagram, uh, slash. I have some notes, uh, at the end of facebook.com. We appreciate your input. It uh, always makes me smile, especially this first comment. I love this one. Uh, Dan Broderick says 90 minutes of sharks doing shark things.
0: Living happily
2: is the best revenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like a nature documentary being narrated by like David Attenborough.
2: Like, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reese Howell says a voiceover by Vincent Price of the shark's thoughts as a ghost about its day. Better? Maybe. Different? Definitely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not too much different than that first comment, actually.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I like this idea. Let's run with this a bit here because uh, we, we got time. Uh, this is a breezy one, much like the movie. This movie was a merciful hour ninety minutes, <laughs> and that was, or hour thirty rather, uh, ninety minutes total. Uh, but I want to run with this idea. So, what if what if the premise of Jaws four is just from Jaws' perspective, where like he, the character he's the protagonist and we hear his voiceover? It's maybe it's Vincent Price, maybe it's Chris Pratt. Who cares? Um, and it's just being harassed. Every time it goes to the shore, these people are, are har- like harassing it. maybe, or maybe it is like kind of a, an anti-hero Grinch vibe. Where or it's like, it's like,
0: like, oh, or it's like a <laughs> Shrek, like where he's like, I'm
1: yeah. speaking, they won't get out of my swamp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, the gr- yeah, I think if you're doing that though, you really need to lean into it. You need to retell Jaws, the original Jaws from <laughs> the shark's perspective.
2: Yeah, and it's it takes on a Grinch-esque tone of like revenge. Speaking of this movie, um it's a Christmas movie. It's it's a Christmas movie. Technically a Christmas <laughs> um,
0: movie.
2: Yeah, and I to the point where I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I'm we're done. I just want to take this moment to use my platform as a podcaster. I'm gonna get up on my little soapbox while we're talking Christmas movies. I'm I am done with the Die Hard is a Christmas movie discourse. It's it's played out. I don't wanna hear about it. It's there are <laughs> There are rage face comics about eating too much bacon that are more uh, relevant than this meme, uh, and so I think the new ironic Christmas movie should be Jaws Four. Like, if you really want to be like, a <laughs> Christmas movie, movie set a Christmas or Christmas movie, so Jaws is a Chris Jaws Four is a Christmas movie. That's put your ironic money where movie watching money where your mouth is, and watch Jaws Four this Christmas. <laughs>
1: Well, I can jump on my soapbox for a second. It like it's it. it seems like one of those debates is sort of invented just to, just to for people to argue about things on the internet. Oh, like, like when people post about like whether they, whether they like or don't like raisins, or. The types of things that that bananas go with, or all any of that kind of stuff, it's is a like, hot
2: dog a sandwich? It's yeah, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, hot, like what is what does it mean for the noble hot dog if it is or is not declared a sandwich? Does it subject to do taxes? Is it you know like <laughs> I do
1: appreciate the the worldview of the man who like can't live in a
2: world where the the hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> I, i'm if anyone comes at me with diehard four stuff i'm gonna tell them to go watch jaws four um <laughs> anyway moving on uh levi breederland says uh didn't know there was even a four or a three for that matter technically it's jaws 3d so have you guys ever tried those gla- those old school 3d glasses oh yeah the, just like, with the, my
1: the- like the, do you remember like the sticker books you used to get like yeah. 50, yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's about all I really use them for. I don't think yeah, I've don't ever know.
0: watched a movie with them. I don't know that I've ever watched a movie with old school 3D glasses either. No.
2: Yeah, that's what I was was curious about. I, I think we all had the, the the books as a kid, but oh, the 90s, such <laughs> 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 oh, things weren't sad in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had multicolored glasses books. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I don't. I can't imagine how that would work in a movie like. Like, back in the day when they were putting on the, like, red-blue ones, like, it can't have looked good, like, it...
1: Yeah, I, I guess I wonder, like, how much your your eyes would adjust to it, but I, I also wonder if, like, a lot of people maybe felt like their eyes were being strained. Not to mention, like, those those glasses were never comfortable. Like, they're, like, they're paper. They were probably digging into the, the your ears by the end of it, right? <laughs>
0: I can't help but think of the number of movies where you saw a cool kid in, like, the 50s or 60s who would go around wearing their 3D glasses because they were cool. And I, <laughs> I, every time I see that, I'm just like, how can you see? How How are you comfortable? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've worn those before. They're not great. <laughs> Definitely don't drive with them. They don't make please. you look cool. <laughs> I'm too Yikes. cool to see right, you guys. <laughs>
2: A drive-in movie with those things, and people are peeling away, still wearing them. <laughs> Sweet, that's that's the cinema experience through some plastic through a windshield onto a screen outside. Anyway, moving on. Robin from Cinematological says, "Restore the supernatural element from the original script, where the shark was targeted at the Brodies because of dark magic." Yeah, we we Good touched news, on we did that. that. <laughs> did you guys catch that? Um, he says it at the beginning he's like, Oh mom, you don't believe all that voodoo. Do you? Yeah. I did catch that. But it was, it was in the context that it exists. It was more of a, like, come on, you're, 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 you're thinking crazy. Like they they managed to keep that line and not have it stand out glaringly as a reference to something that
0: was, yeah. Yeah. Or they were,
1: or they weren't able to remove it for, because it was, (laughs) it was stuck in there in a, in an important place.
0: To be fair uh, in, in our version of the script, there, the shark isn't targeted at the Brody's explicitly because of dark magic. It's targeted at the Brodie's because it's an undead monster that is actively seeking conscious revenge.
2: <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Nathan Martin says, oh god, I'm just praying for you. Well, thanks, Nathan. <laughs> uh, <are laughs> we, you going, we made it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you going to bring back the voodoo curse that they cut out? Uh, this movie isn't fixable. It's just stupid. I... Disagree. I've also just surprised. I mean, not that it's <laughs> stupid, but that it's yeah. un <laughs> is infixable. Uh, I'm just very surprised. I, I don't think there's ever an episode where where Nathan Martin and I aren't in some kind of disagreements. And in this case, it's this the first time I've ever seen Nathan be like pretty explicitly negative about a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the one time I'm like fairly positive on it. I'm like, I was, you know, they tried. <laughs> um Love it. Love the discourse here on I have some notes. At least Haunted says Uh, How can one improve on perfection? Jaws 4 colon The Revenge. It's just Jaws The Revenge, but that's fine. Uh, Jaws The Revenge is a perfect disaster. It has given us decades of fun and laughter at that fact. What you should do is ask, how could a Jaws 5 surpass Jaws 4 while also being a good movie? Go the aliens route, more sharks. Yeah, like Liam said before, go wide instead of tall. Yeah.
1: In some sense a lot of these have already been done with like the shark tornado movies and all that kind of stuff yeah. right. Yeah. Turns out those weren't good.
0: The Meg? The Meg just has a bigger shark. I
1: You know what? I have a soft spot for The Meg. <laughs> a little <laughs> soft spot there. It's it's not a good movie, but it's certainly the right kind of bonkers that is will keep you definitely more engaged
0: in Jaws 4. It's a more fun movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of on that what was that rock movie that's sort of like Towering Inferno, uh, Skyscraper? Skyscraper. We watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it for the show. It, the Megas is kind of like the Jaws version of that. Like it's it's just good enough.
0: It's it's a spectacle movie. Yeah, yeah.
2: Andrew Craig says, "Wow, y'all are brave." I think it gets mired in the lore. Brody's wife, a shark that remembers. It's the attachment to the original that makes it a mess. That's what I said about Ghostbusters last week. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: A better option would have been for her to be in the Caribbean when a great white went on a rampage and she is able to prove, provide insight as someone who has been through it before. Although even that is a stretch. Why would she go anywhere near the ocean after what her family's been through? Ultimately, I think a good way to save it would be to essentially treat it as an anthology, telling the story of a community dealing with a rogue shark or sharks. The Caribbean is a great setting. Use it.
0: Yeah, for a woman who believes that there's a uh, supernatural shark specifically hunting her and her family, she makes the decision to go to an island without much pushback, when really the safest place to be would be on a mountain, in the middle of the continental United States somewhere deep in the Rockies far from the ocean yep, good luck getting stone. to be here shark like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why I added the little um the ba- the uh the
1: expecting baby thing just so the, there was sort of like no a, and that's a definite reason for her to for her to
0: end up there despite yeah. being super afraid of the water now if 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 we don't keep any of the rest of your pitch Greg the the setup is spot- on it's great Thank you. Um, though, I
2: I had heard the criticism... If if you think if a shark is targeting you specifically, why would you go to the Bahamas? I heard that criticism a bunch before I sat down and watched this movie, and I feel like it sells it a little short. It's not a terrible justification that her, she's, like, gonna go get away with her son who works down there. Like, th- there's already someone who's got, like, a homestead set up. It's... In the way the criticism makes it sound, it's like a frivolous vacation. Like, oh my God, my son died. Everyone I love died. Let's go to the Bahamas. Um, it, it, there is like some impetus there. And so, um, again, I'm not really like trying to defend the movie, but I think it's, it's, it's kind of got a Nickelback thing of like, it's fun to shit on, uh, cause it is bad, but like, okay. Okay.
0: It's easy too. It's really easy. The internet. And to be perfectly fair to Ellen Brody it doesn't make sense that a shark from Amity could make it to the Caribbean in three days and know exactly what island she's on. Mm -hmm. So, like, any rational person would be like, I'm going away from the shark. I could literally go anywhere in the world and it will not find me.
2: (laughs) Um, That's it for listener comments. Uh, Thank you, everybody who contributed. Uh, well, yeah, this was our Halloween movie, though. <laughs> was uh, it?
0: <laughs> yeah, we picked a not very scary horror movie for this Halloween. Uh, whoops! I'll blame my Whoopsie. wife. Am I allowed to do that?
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say these, these are obviously suggested by listeners. We don't don't always cite the listener, but in this case, it was suggested by Aaron. Did Aaron watch it with you? Oh yeah,
1: I, okay, I told good. her. Is I it? explicitly told her she's not allowed not to watch it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, Amanda could not wait to leave the house. Uh, (laughs) Fair. Well, uh, thank you all uh, for listening. Of course, like I said, you can follow us on uh, social media. Please, wherever it is you're listening to this, um, give it all a subscribe, uh, a rate, a review, uh, wherever it is you're listening to podcasts. Uh, We really do appreciate it.
0: You know, Jaws the Revenge had a pretty slapdash story, and that's been fairly well criticized over the years. You know who doesn't have slapdash stories? Makeshift Stories, a bi-weekly journey into the improbable, speculative fiction, sci-fi, and fantasy for all ages, created by Alan V. Hare. You can listen to that and more right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And hey, do you
1: like uh, Brendan Fraser? Do you like jungles? Do you like Georges? We're going to be doing George of the Jungle next, in two weeks. Watch
2: out for that tree. (laughs) Watch out for that podcast release. (laughs) Uh, Until then, I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scotty Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the skies. Welcome to Super Typical Mega Bank. How can we disappoint you today? Hi, I'd like to open an account. May I pressure you into considering a pro-disadvantage, high-regret, impersonal, everyday, inconvenient savings plan with added and confusion at no additional discount or apology? It's one of our top disappointers. I feel so... Disappointed? Yeah. Another unsatisfied customer. Next! If your bank makes you feel like this, it's time you talk to us. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future.